but I am so glad to be back. I am so glad to be back filming this show. Sam, it has been way too long. It feels like it feels like the first day of school after after summer. Like you just come in, you're seeing your buddies. It's like it feels so different, but that something that you've been doing all your life. That's what it, this break this breaks felt like the longest we've ever taken. Yeah, and you know, for for those of you who listen to the show, and you know, we're almost we're almost at kind of a milestone mark for us. We're less than a hundred plays away from five thousand plays for the show, um, which is you know not the biggest number in the world, but for a little show like this, that's a that's a pretty big number. Um, and yeah, it's just for and honestly, I'll take the blame for why the show was had such a big break i moved um uh, i moved from from roseville all the way up to chico so not too far away from from roseville but i moved for the first time i got my very first apartment with uh with my girlfriend and that was stressful trying to find an apartment trying to find a job up there and as soon as i moved up there like a week later i'm i'm currently right now i'm at drill for the marines i've been gone for two weeks so i've been exceptionally busy um and with that sam also graduated he came back and he's been hanging out with family and his girlfriend and stuff so it just we needed a break because we needed to do stuff away from the show but now the drill's almost over and i've gotten settled in and you know sam's back and feel like we can uh we can be back and be be consistent again but yeah that was probably the biggest break we've 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 taken from the show in like two years yeah we never we never going into this show this show was always supposed to be like a fun thing it was just like two guys coming on and talking about sports and it never ever i don't think we ever wanted to give the illusion that it was like a job or a hassle to come on so if if it didn't feel right that we could just couldn't make it work or just couldn't force an episode to be recorded. We never, (laughs) never like, I would never be like, Jason, we have to record tonight. Like, this is ridiculous. You are my partner. Like, what are you doing? Like, it's none of that, you know, like it was just, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. And part of the thing too, is with this show, the dynamic of the show, it's really laid back and we want it to be fun. And if we've got other stuff going on in our life, that's just really stressful. Then, you know, this is, normally an hour and an hour and a half chunk of time that we can take to a lot, you know, to somewhere else more important, but you know, the show is, is important to us and uh, we're mm-hmm. glad to be back. And it feels like we've, uh, we've kind of put, uh, put all the super gigantic busy stuff behind us. Although I know Sam's going to be moving. Again <laughs> for I don't know what here. we're going to do with that. Yeah, I know. So, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe when one of us is busy, we can try to do a, like a solo show, or maybe just bring on a guest and have like a guest co-host, like bring on Josh or bring on Ben or Keegan or something like that. Yeah. Um. So we'll we'll figure it out, but we're gonna try to stay uh, super consistent for you guys because we just took a gigantic break, and we happen to take it at the worst time <laughs> too. Um, the NBA Finals is currently going on. Game three. Game three was just played yesterday. Today, today is Monday. For us. And yeah, for us, it is Monday. This episode is going to be released on Tuesday. Uh, the game was played on Sunday. It was in Milwaukee, the Bucks. Um, after, I don't want to say a lackluster performance from 
from the Bucks per se, and we'll get into that later. But they bounce back in Milwaukee. They win big, biggest win for either team in the series. They win by 20 points. It was 120 to 110 over the Suns, and it is now 2-1. So, obviously, we've been gone for a little while. We didn't really get to talk necessarily a ton about the Eastern Conference Finals, the Western Conference Finals, what, what happened, and, you know, Fast forwarding to where we are now, we have the Bucks and the Suns, which I think for for the NBA, I know we had had a conversation about what would be like the ideal situation for the NBA from from a marketing standpoint, and you know we talked about that being you know L.A. and Brooklyn, and what they ended up getting was maybe one of the smallest market teams from the Western Conference and one of the smallest market teams from the Eastern Conference. They kind of got the complete opposite of the Lakers and the nets so just from before we even get into the series when when it broke that we were going to have the bucks and the suns i know that you were not super happy and uh, necessarily well, i mean that's a little it, it wasn't like uh, so well, I know, yeah i know you weren't beating yourself or anything like that but... <laughs> what is this oh come on sam what is these two teams play to get through that my sentiment was um as my personal opinion as a fan, this was – I think it was once Atlanta beat the Sixers. I think that's when we talked about this. Yeah. Um, and it was Atlanta, Milwaukee, and Clippers without Kawhi versus Phoenix. Um, and I sat there, I think, right before the semis, or the conference finals started. And I was like, you know what, either way, whichever teams win, there's a bad finals either way. And I think sitting there now, I still believe that. Like this finals, I guess, has interesting points, but it's still not going to be regarded in my mind as one of the best finals ever played. Well, um, I mean, and that's tough to say when it's three games in. Um, I mean, most of, you know, when you're talking about iconic series, normally those, those kind of go the distance. So, I mean, mm-hmm. We'll have to look back in in a week or two and see, see no, totally, what, what the totally. record is. But but even it, so, before getting into all that, so the teams that are involved, um, it's not even for me. It's really not about market size. I don't care. Like Cleveland made interesting finals, and yes, that's different because it's LeBron. But it's the Cavs. Like they have limited history in the NBA just like these two teams. I mean, Milwaukee's probably got more history than Cleveland did before LeBron, right? Yeah. So I feel like market size isn't even that big of a deal. It was more of for the the main thing for me is I love seeing the best teams play well towards the end. So to see a the best of Brooklyn would have been amazing. Because that, to me, could be an all-time great team if all three of those guys were healthy and played well at the same time, or even if we got an all-time great performance from Kevin Durant and you got a more pedestrian performance from James Harden, and that team somehow made it to the finals. That, to me, would have more intrigue than Milwaukee sort of kind of stumbling in to this finals appearance, and you have Phoenix who just dominated – the Western Conference, pretty much. Um, but if I, if we could have seen the Clippers with Kawhi, and we see, we saw a much improved Paul George, and that team really gelled together. Like 
for me, it's tough when I see teams not play to their full potential. And I know in my head, I'm like, the Clippers of full potential would have beaten this Phoenix team because this was the best Phoenix ever played. This is the the best Phoenix team we've gotten. And that's for me when you, when you look at a finals and it's like, man, it could have been better. Yeah, no, and I, and I understand that. And I think, um, I think for me, I've, I've been really interested in this series and I don't know, maybe, maybe I, I don't want to say I look at basketball a little differently than you do. Cause I, I think maybe I hold the sport more near and dear to my heart just cause I played it a lot longer. And maybe, um, maybe like the basketball in the purest sense, instead of like the names on the jerseys or anything. For yeah. the players that are playing, it's more about what basketball is being played. Yeah, and like the Suns to me have been the, from from the first round, the Suns to me have been the team that I have had I think the most fun watching because they just play so well together. And I, I mean, if I if you if for the audience, if you need me to put something something to that, you know, the Suns just they have so many guys. It's not like it's not like the LeBron Kyrie team where, you know, it was normally just LeBron or Kyrie and they were both going to give you 40 and you were going to get like an 80 point combined game from them. And then you just needed a couple other guys to score a couple buckets here and there in game one. They, the Suns had one, two, three, four, five, wait, hang on. One, two, three, four, five, six, six guys in double figures. They had two with t- over 20, and they had one over 30. So Chris Paul had 32, Booker had 27, Aiton had 22, Bridges had 14, and Cameron Johnson and Cameron Payne both had 10. And DeAndre Aiton had 19 rebounds as well. They just have so many guys who contribute, and what that leads to is just a very well-rounded team basketball style of game. And even the Bucks, they're kind of that way too. I mean, they have – Pat Connington, who's a really good three-point shooter. Bobby Portis, who's had been playing really big uh, in in these series. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, P.J. Tucker, Giannis. All of those guys can give you – and special, well, we saw Brooke Lopez even put up 31. The, the Nets' all-time leading scorer, believe it or not. Brooke mm-hmm. Lopez put up like a 31-point game. And Chris Middleton uh, has been playing huge. And Giannis, we know what Giannis is capable of doing. And – what it ended up being was maybe you don't have necessarily, like you said, the Brooklyns and the the Hardens and the Durants and you know the you know the Currys of the world and LeBron. You you may not have that, but what you have is on both teams, what you have is two extremely well rounded good basketball teams as a whole. And for well, they me, made it, they made it to the finals, so both teams yeah. are good. Yeah, for you sure. Gotta say and, that. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, it's just been fun to, to watch, to watch that. And I think for me, it's just nice to see different players in the finals. Like, I mean, I know. So I'm sorry to cut, but to that point, when you see the finals patch on a Phoenix Suns Jersey, we're talking about an organization that was worse than Sacramento five years ago. Yeah. Like literally they had they were drafting a dragon bender or i can't even remember his name uh like dudes that were legit busts 
in the top seven picks every single year. That was Phoenix. And then they got lucky with Devin Booker and then got lucky on the number one pick with DeAndre Ayton. But if you go like the last 10 years, that Phoenix team has been worse than Sacramento. And that is saying a lot. Mm -hmm. And now they have a finals patch. And it's just, it's so weird. It's like you got a double take when you look at it on your TV screen. And then Milwaukee, did they set the record um, right before they drafted Giannis? Did they set the record for like worst record in the NBA? Like they were, they were worse than Philadelphia, I think, at one point. Let's Sub twenty. I'll, I'll, I'll check that. It's just so crazy that those two franchises made it this far. I mean, so Phoenix is the biggest surprise by far. Didn't even make the playoffs last year. And then now they've turned around and seriously dominated the Western Conference on their way to this finals and have and have a two zero lead in a two one lead in this finals. But Milwaukee really has felt either maybe from fan pressure or media perception or maybe even the perception that they hold within their own team that they should they deserve to be in this point. They they should have been at this point by now. So I feel like it's really a tale of two different teams, but again, the, that mix of blood in this in this finals, I guess it's it is intriguing. But at the end of the day, I it's tough to get. It's crazy that one of these teams is going to win a championship. That's the right. biggest thing for me. It is crazy so it, that Phoenix can be champions or Milwaukee is going to be champions. So it looks like over the last ten years. Milwaukee's worst record was in 2013-2014. They were 15 and 67. 50 sub 20. Yeah. They were tanking. And then all of a sudden I well, let's see. When was Giannis drafted because there's a huge shift in their um there's a huge shift in their record. He was drafted in um can somebody? It looks like 2013. It looks like 2013 was when he got. Yeah, yeah, 2013. So, yeah. So after the 2013 uh, season, so that that's funny. Okay, so his first year they were 15 and 67, but then after okay. that it was 41 wins, 33, but then 42, 44, 60, 56, and then 46. But obviously this was a shortened season. Um, so Giannis was really the one that turned that franchise around. And it's, and it's, and that's, that's another thing about this finals is I know that there was there maybe for some people was a lack of storyline, but I disagree. I think that there are plenty of storylines here. You have Giannis who just signed a supermax with Milwaukee staying with a small market team and building up that building um, the Milwaukee bucks and trusting in that front office and bringing the bucks to the finals. Um, and then you have Chris Paul, who has been on a bazillion. He's like the Ryan Fitzpatrick of the NBA. He's been on so many teams. Um, and so many people have just tossed him around and, you know, was saying, you know, he was declining. And then he comes here. And then in his first final game ever, he um, he gives you 32 points, nine assists, four rebounds, and has been playing at like an all-time level for him. And Devin Booker, who is probably one of the most underappreciated stars in the league has been balling. And then you have DeAndre Ayton, who's emerging as one of the better big men in the league. 
Um, this was his this was his breakout party. Yeah, in these, yeah, in these playoffs. Yeah, he's been playing so so well, and you know, a guy who is maybe looked at as kind of a all star. I mean, well, oh, yeah. Well, I... Well, well, maybe not. Maybe a bust is a wrong word, but when you compare him to what draft he was in, and underwhelming. Picked, yeah, it's a little underwhelming because he was picked. Him. He was picked before Luca and Trey. It's sort of what Marvin Bagley yeah. was going through, but DeAndre has has really backed it up more than Marvin has, at least. Where it's like, oh, that's why Phoenix drafted him number one. Right. Exactly. Oh, this, this makes sense now because he's a monster. Mm-hmm. And he fits so well with that team. And I heard somebody the other day go, you know, if, if the Suns are looking back and they're saying, you know, somebody said, would you redo the 2018 draft? I, it'd be, t- I mean, you're looking yes. at Luca and you're looking at Trey, but I mean, look what ended up happening. They, they ended up drafting DeAndre Aiden and they got Bridges with the 10th pick. That, that was a nice, Bridges is underrated. He's, he's streaky for sure. But if, as long as you just need defense from him, he'll give it to you. Right, and I think based on the construction of their team, I think Aiton and Bridges fit perfectly. I know looking back, mm-hmm. you go, well, we could Great have draft. Luka. We could, yeah, we could have had Luke and we could have had Trey, but would you trade DeAndre Aiton and Mikhail Bridges for Luka? I don't Wait, know. Wait, how did they get Bridges? I don't know how they got Bridges. They must have had a – they must have had a – with a trade or something. Is he the one that his mom works for Philadelphia – and then they he got drafted by Philly. They did an interview with him, and then he got he got traded later. Um, they trade tra- up for him. I it sounds like you know more of that story than I do. I, <laughs> I well, I watched it live. <laughs> oh, gotcha. It was pretty funny. They were they. Uh, I think it's like ESPN did like a whole thing. Oh my gosh, your your mom works for like the HR for the. Philly and you get to play for Philly. Like, what does that mean? And he did like this whole thing. Oh, I'm so proud. Blah blah. blah. And then he gets turned turned around and traded. It's so man. Yeah, he was. At... He was drafted tenth by the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah. Well, that's what, what a... I'm saying. Yeah, Philly, right here. What a pull. Um. But then. Uh. But yeah. Then he ended up with uh with the Suns. So well, okay. Yeah, I was reading it wrong. Maybe the Suns didn't draft him. I'm sorry, but I just saw his name and was like, oh yeah, he's on the Suns. Uh, what if, dude? What if they, what if they drafted Michael Porter Jr. or like Colin Sexton? You know, Colin um, Sexton. Oh, the year before? No, he was in the 2018 draft too. He was in that draft. Yeah. So, so in this, this I was about to say this. This is so sad looking at who the Kings passed on because Luca was after him. Trey Young was after him. Colin Sexton was after him. Bridges was after him. Shea oh, Gildress Alexander was after him. Michael Porter Jr. was after I him. Getting, I think you're getting that wrong. Dude, I'm looking at the draft right Occupied. here. I'm looking at the draft right here. I'm recording a podcast right now. Oh, say hello to Pod- Padre. Jason says hi. Every, every one of our millions of listeners says hi. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? No, what did he say? He said, "All right." <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it right here. Sexton to the cap to the Caps. Really? Yeah. Hey, if you're Orlando, that Mo Bamba pick hasn't really. Out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's, <laughs> that's also true. Jay was also in that draft. Yeah, that was a sick draft. Divincenzo was in that draft. Kevin Jaren Warner Jack. was in that draft. 
Jaron Jackson was in that draft as well, and he's been playing well for Memphis. That was a nice draft. That was a very nice draft. Looking at it now, Gary Trent Jr., Mitchell Robinson, Beast. That was a really good draft. Wow. Oh, and the other and Giannis's brother was drafted <laughs> in that one as well at the very end. That's so funny that um, isn't Giannis's older brother the one that's riding the bench on? Um, yeah, he's isn't he the one riding the bench on Milwaukee, like his older brother. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that was a big sidetrack, but that's okay. Um, Huge sidetrack. But, I mean, still, like, there are so many different storylines about this NBA Finals that I feel like are, are really interesting. Okay, Jason, let's get to the brass tacks of it. All right, if let's do Giannis, this. If Giannis wins this championship and he's putting up these numbers, like he put up back-to-back 40-point games in these last two finals, he's been amazing, right? Right, and don't, and I know that everybody's going to focus on the 40-point game, but let's go back to game one, too, coming off of what looked like a horrific injury that was ugly yeah that was bad he comes back and in his first game back he is at now he, 20 points 20 points is still a decent amount but he had 20 he points wasn't even four supposed assists. to play exactly he had 20 <laughs> points four assists and 17 rebounds mm-hmm. he was pretty, he was keeping pace with deandre Aiden, who had 19 oh. rebounds so Giannis is balling in this i think he's averaging like what 35 in this series Something like that. And he's putting up numbers that haven't been seen since KD, LeBron, and Michael Jordan, right? Yeah. So if he goes out and wins this finals, do we just say wipe it all off like the the last couple playoffs that he's just come up so small in? Do we just wipe it all away and he's now a new player? Is he the best player in the world if he wins this championship in your eyes? Is he the best player in the world? No, because I still think um, I still think people are going to look at Durant as the best player in the world, um, and but I think I think the persona of Giannis is going to change a little bit because I think I mean there was the argument I, I was listening to ESPN a little while back and there was the argument when Giannis was out and Chris Middleton was balling that is Chris Middleton Batman or mm. is Giannis Batman. Yeah, and, that that that's gone. That discussion's yeah, gone. That that whole that whole persona of can Giannis be the number one option on a championship team, that's gone. That's gone. Because say what you want about how the Suns got here and the fact that like every team they played against was injured. That's just how, that's just how it felt for them. They got here and guess what? The Phoenix Suns, the Phoenix Suns are 100% healthy. They had the second best record in the, I think in the entire league this year. And not only that, they split the season series with the number one. I mean, they didn't split. I'm sorry. They beat the Utah Jazz who were the number one team in the Western conference. They beat them in a season series that they had with them. The Phoenix Suns were a phenomenal basketball team this year, and they're 100% healthy. Um, The Suns are legitimate. And if Giannis can come back from 0-2, now again, people say that, you know, the series doesn't start until the road team, um, or what, the home team loses, that's what it is. Um, So technically the series hasn't started yet, apparently. Um, Oh, nice. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. But, um, but that whole persona of Giannis is, is he Batman or is he more of a Robin? That just, that completely goes out the window for him. Um, and I don't know, may, I, I would imagine that that, that that cloud hanging around him kind of goes away in that sense. I guess a part of me, because it's so, it's a very hard question. It's, it's like he's gone from zero to hero in so fast. Because wasn't it just during this playoffs that Chris Middleton kind of saved him? Like Chris Middleton bit, yeah. took over, and Giannis was, of course, injured. And I don't even know if he played. Did he play that well against Brooklyn? When Middleton? Was, no, uh, Giannis. When Giannis oh, was healthy? I can find that for you. But Milwaukee, whatever the case is, did save him from potentially losing before the finals and that would have been deemed another disappointing year, blah, blah, blah. But now he's ball. Like he is, this is a different, this is the best Giannis we've seen, at least in the last two games. Let's not get ahead of ourselves or anything. The last two games, this has been a dominant player. Like he is dominating the game in a way that we haven't seen in the last 20 years. It looks like, like the dude his offensive game is limited at best. Everyone knows what he wants to do, and he's still doing it at such a high level. It is insane. If you don't think that Phoenix is sitting there like, yeah, Giannis is going to get in the paint. Don't let Giannis get in the paint. DeAndre Aiden is sagging off, what, 15 feet from the guy? He's not even guarding Giannis at this point, and he's still putting up 40 points. That is so impressive. Yeah. It is nuts. Yeah. So looking back at the uh the series for for Brooklyn, it looked like Chris Middleton had some had some pretty big games. He had I think he had two where he was under 20, but I think he had two when he was above Those 30. Those are the first well. two, I think. Um but he had a couple when he was above 30 as well, so. Mm-hmm. Um like game 3, he had 35. Um and then game 5, he had 25. And then game four, where was it? 19, 19-84. Um, so he, he did play well against Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. He played well against Atlanta, too. Yeah. He has been huge for them. Um, but that's what they need. Because it, it takes a team to win an NBA championship. Well, and you know what of it course. takes also is Drew Holiday. Big time. Like, like Drew Holiday being – like, he's always going to be a great defender, but – I mean, yeah. So in the in game one, in game one, Giannis uh-huh. had twenty points, seventeen rebounds. Lopez had seventeen. Middleton had twenty nine, and Holiday had ten. Um, but he had nine assists and seven rebounds. Um, so he was out there and he was productive, but he wasn't very productive on on offense. Scoring. And then right, and then the opposite ended up happening. And like Chris Middleton and, and Drew Holiday kind of kind of flipped roles a little bit. Drew Holiday had seventeen points seven assists and five rebounds in game two, but Middleton had 11, eight and six. So Middleton barely got over 10 points. Giannis was doing his thing. And then finally in game three, all three of them clicked and they blew out the Suns by 20 points. Mm -hmm. Giannis had 41, Middleton had 18 and holiday had 21. I know Middleton didn't have over 20 points, but 18 is enough when drew holiday is giving you 21 and Giannis is giving you 41. Plus Bobby Portis provided another uh, 11 as well. Is it weird that it almost seems like – because Phoenix is up 2-1, 
Right. Yeah. Doesn't it almost seem like that this game three win almost canceled out those two losses? Like, it almost seems like they're even now. But really, they're not. Like, Phoenix still has the advantage. Well, it's funny because I feel like part of part of game one, I remember walking out of game one from Milwaukee and was like, that was as much as the Bucks kind of losing as it was Phoenix winning. Like, Phoenix came out and and they were just absolutely, I mean, they were executing to a T. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Bucks, I didn't feel like they played a phenomenal game. Plus, if you look at the free throw disparity in game one, the Bucks were nine for sixteen from the free throw line, and the Suns were twenty five for twenty six. <laughs> like they, they that probably that probably goes to Giannis not being aggressive on that knee, just testing it out, you know. Probably, but I mean, they had sixteen more made free throws than the Bucks, and they won by thirteen. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I mean, the Bucks shot really well. They were 45% from the field, and they were 44% from the three-point line. They made five more threes than the Suns. Um, And they had more rebounds as well, and more assists. Um, But again, looking at it, it was, you know, they just, I I know that it seems like on paper they played well, but I don't know, it just felt a little off, and the whole holiday thing was, seemed like such a limiting factor. Like they are like, I know Giannis is going to be the guy who kind of that team goes when Giannis goes, but Drew holiday is so important because if, if Giannis is going to be out there giving you 40, then you're going to know that that's always going to be there. But in order to beat the Suns, you're going to need Chris Middleton to play well. And you're going to need drew holiday to, to play well. Like if, if Middleton isn't playing well and holiday is, then that's that's going to be really hard to win. They, the Bucks do need all three of them to be clicking, and when they click, they beat the Suns by twenty points. So I think it's hard to, for me, I think it's hard to judge necessarily if the Suns are actually better than the Bucks. If both teams are playing their best, I'm not sure who's better. Mm-hmm. Because if that was the best that the Bucks can play, and I know that the Suns didn't play well, but man, they were swarming everywhere on defense. I think Booker was like three for like seventeen or something like that. Um, he uh, wow! One of the most asked questions is: Is Devin Booker Mexican? I'm just, I'm just looking I'm looking on Google right now. I just clicked on Devin Booker, and that's one of the most asked questions. Is Devin Booker my hombre? <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Well, I think it was, was three or thirteen. That was yeah. He he just he the Bucks were swarming him. Yeah, absolutely swarming. So him. what they they threw out PJ Tucker and Chris Middleton were mostly the primary defenders, and they put Drew Holiday on Chris Paul, and then they put Giannis on either Crowder Bridges, and then at the end of the game he was on Eaton. Yeah, mostly, which that. That uh, Giannis at the five, Portis, Bobby Portis at the four. Then you had Middleton, Drew, and Connington, usually. Yeah. That lineup was death mm-hmm. for Phoenix, especially when Aiden got into foul trouble because there is no way that Phoenix could have contended. They put Frank Kaminsky in to an NBA Finals game. He got cut by the Sacramento Kings. 
Yeah. If you get well, cut that, by the Kings, that's not a good sign. Well, it's because Zurich is injured. Zurich? Yeah. Yeah. Is he coming back? I don't know, but you realize how important he is to that team when Frank Kaminsky has to come in. <laughs> I mean, it's great that Sarge is getting like, oh, man, if only they had Sarge. But, like, what is Sarge supposed to do with Giannis? Yeah. What is he supposed to do with Bobby, Bobby Portis? I think that is still advantage Milwaukee. If they can continue to get DeAndre Aiden into foul trouble, oh, man. That yeah, just, Aiden being in foul trouble was huge. That limits Phoenix so much. But I mean, Aiden only Phoenix played 24 has, minutes. Phoenix still has a lifeline here. Because, again, just as we said, that game one loss for Milwaukee, it was like, oh, well, they didn't really play well. Phoenix by far had their worst game. Oh, yeah. De- Devin Booker looked like looked like he didn't have shoot-around before the game yeah. or something. Like, it was just – it was like he was seeing ghosts or something. It was haunting him before that game because he was, he was getting swarmed out there. But he still is – he's one of the best scorers in our league. Oh, for sure. And he was for creating sure. shots that he – can make any time. He was just missing those mid-range shots. And I still think that there's a better Phoenix that we can see. And it's going to take a perfect performance from Milwaukee to beat this Phoenix team. So, Bucks play perfect, Suns play perfect. Who wins? I think Phoenix does. That's tough. Because we know Chris Middleton or Chris Paul can go off for 30-plus. He's done it in these playoffs. Devin Booker can get the easiest 30 points probably in the in these finals. Just out of nowhere. And then yeah. Milwaukee has no answer for Aiton if he's on. Aiton was on fire. He was going blow for yeah, blow he was, he with was Giannis in the first half. If he does if he stays out of if he doesn't get those cheap fouls or if refs call the game differently and those Giannis like 50-50 calls, if they're called charges instead of blocks, that completely changes this game. Yeah, he he was he was absolutely mo- – I mean, like I said, he only played half the game. He played, and you he got, played 24 minutes. So you got the worst out of Mikkel Bridges in this series. You got the worst out of Devin Booker. You got nothing from Cameron Payne. Uh, you had a great shooting performance from Jay Crowder. It was – everything he was putting up was in. Yeah. Even you know when they do um like a foul's called um yeah it's like a dead ball right and a player's like shooting stuff Jay Carter was still splashing it yeah in those dead balls and it was like this guy cannot miss who is the who possessed Jay Crowder Devin Booker did <laughs> <laughs> apparently <laughs> yeah it was like it was like like Mike they switched like skill and stuff yeah so that would mean that Steph is now in Giannis's body because he went, what, 14 of 17 from the free throw line? Right. You can't count on that every single game, Milwaukee, especially at home. I think Phoenix is more likely to get, win a road game than Milwaukee is in this series. Ooh, that's a good debate. And I think that's just advantage Phoenix for the rest of the way because they also these, – both these teams probably have the best – home atmosphere I've seen in these playoffs. It has been nuts. That that scene in Milwaukee, they had, what, 25,000 people outside for their first home playoff game? I hope that Sacramento does that in 50 years when they have their first home playoff game. 
Right. And the team the team has relocated three times. I really <laughs> hope we're we can get twenty five thousand people out to just be outside, and you're still filling up the state. That it, that was a crazy scene there, and they totally fed off that emotion. I don't know if it's sustainable for Milwaukee. So I think it's Phoenix's series to win. What do you think? Um, well, it's tough because um, I'm looking and I'm, I'm really trying to find um, – I'm really looking hard to try to find who who had the best defense mm. in the league this year. And from Ooh. what it looks like – from what it looks like, I'm looking on the NBA stats page right now. Um and I'm just looking at defensive rating. Mm-hmm. And it looks like, if I'm reading this correctly, it looks like Milwaukee was number one and Phoenix was number three. That doesn't surprise me. So I want to look up um, – I want to look up what team had the best um, offense as well because I just want to, like, see if I can Milwaukee. go – Yeah, I want to see if I can go um, – like straight up just defense offense defense offense mm-hmm. um yeah so okay so there you go so Milwaukee had the best defensive rating in the league and they had the best offensive um well actually <laughs> so if we're going off of rating so defensive rating Milwaukee was 1 offensive rating Milwaukee was five and Phoenix was six. That's funny. They're so close to each other. <laughs> um, they're only separated by two on defense and they're, and they're literally neck and neck. They actually, think... their offensive rating, Milwaukee was 117.2. Phoenix was 117.2. <laughs> oh, interesting. And then their defensive rating, Milwaukee was 106.4 and Phoenix was 107.9. I think Phoenix has stepped up in these playoffs and playing played such a so much better defensively. Like they play, in my eyes, I think they have a better team defense because they don't have better individual defenders than Milwaukee does. But they play great team defense to where Aiden covers up in the middle of the paint and you have like actually great defensive effort from CP3 and Devin Booker who are playing like all-star caliber level on both sides of the ball. And you have Mikkel Bridges who is one of the best perimeter defenders with that length and that quickness out on the, out on the wing. And you have Jay Crowder who is gritty and can get teams into foul trouble and get, get guys into technical foul trouble. Like he's one of those like bangers down low and you have uh, Cam Johnson, who's a good defender. He's all right defender, but um, a little length. And I think they just play great team defense that shores up any weaknesses that they have. And then Milwaukee uh, one through five, great individual defenders, like any matchup that Phoenix, there's no mismatch really that Phoenix can get except for Brooke on Aiden. Yeah, but and even Brooke not, Lopez is yeah, that's, a good that's defender. Not be, that's not because Brooke is a bad defender. It's just because DeAndre Aiden is in, a monster. Yeah, he's been playing really well. He's been playing really well. It's tough. I mean, it's funny because when I'm looking at all these team stats for the, for both of them, like they are 
when like offense, defense, just everything. They they're like they're really not that far away from each other in like any category. In terms of having a very evenly matched finals, like they this is probably one of the better ones in terms of just even matchups that we could have gotten. Um and yeah, it's tough. I don't know. I feel like maybe the only advantage that Milwaukee has is that they're just bigger. Mm-hmm. Like they can throw a big lineup out there. They can throw Giannis, Brooke Lopez, and Chris Middleton out there. And Portis. Um, well, yeah, and even Portis. Yeah, um, they can have a very, very big lineup. Um, yeah, Portis is six <laughs> ten. Yeah, he's um, a big boy. So. I mean, they've got the advantage in in size in that sense, but I mean, Mikael Bridges is six seven, um, mm-hmm. and Jay Crowder is looking at it right now. He's he's six six, but I mean, Brooke Lopez and Giannis and um, and Chris Middleton. I mean, they're all they're all huge. I mean, they're all above six seven. They're um, huge. They're all huge. <laughs> you got two seven footers, pretty much. Yeah. Um, well, actually, Middleton's only six seven. I thought he was taller than that, but still, like when you're when you're all above six seven, <laughs> um, still, yeah. I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough. Um, so it's gonna got... be really. It's gonna well. If I mean, you said something that you said that Phoenix would be the most likely to win a road game, um, mm-hmm. and. Do you I don't know. believe that? I think I think I do believe that. Um, man, I just uh, – it's so tough. Because I actually really do like both of these teams. Like, I've had a lot of fun. I wanted the Suns to make it, and I wanted the Bucks to make it. I'd rather see Milwaukee win. Um, yeah, it's tough because I want it. I, like, it's, am I picking this – do you want me to pick this with my head or with my heart? Dude, so if Phoenix wins – that would mean that the Sacramento Kings are the only Pacific Division team to not win a championship in, what, the last five years? Uh, this is like the NFC West we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. Oh, my gosh. Please, Maki, win. Let's see. Please. Uh yeah, Golden State. No, the Clippers haven't. Oh, okay. The Clippers. Okay, we're good then. Yeah. Second round is safe then. But man, talk about talk about the division that the Kings are playing in with the Warriors, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Suns. They all should have made the uh, final the uh, playoffs this year. I know. I mean, come on. And you had three of the title contenders right in that same division. Is that the best division in basketball? Gotta be. I'm looking at the rest of the divisions. I mean, there's Philly, Brooklyn, New York, Boston, Toronto. That's pretty good. If Boston that's... was better this year, that would have been pretty good. Yeah, that's good. Um, Atlanta, Miami, Washington, those are all top eight teams, but that's still not. Utah, Denver, Portland, but then you have Man. Minnesota and OKC rounding out Man. the bottom. That's got to be – the Pacific has to be the – Gotta has be. to be the best with the with Phoenix Clippers Lakers and Warriors. That yeah, that's got to be. It's California that's power. Be. That's got to be. Um. Yeah. So I mean, if I'm picking it with my, so if you're going, pick- you're going. Um, you log on to DraftKings, right? 
free sponsor, free shout out for DraftKings, right? Yeah. You you log on, and there's just one simple question. You're putting a hundred dollars on Milwaukee or Phoenix. Who are you putting it on to win the series? If I'm if I'm picking it with my head, then I think I'm gonna pick Phoenix. You could pick it with your toe if you want. I just need an answer. <laughs> Um, it's, I mean, it's tough because like I said, if I, if I'm thinking, if I'm being smart with my money, I would throw it on Phoenix. If I'm going to pick what I want to happen, I think I would pick Milwaukee. I mean, I, I want to okay. see Chris Paul get a ring. Um, I mean, I, 16th year. Yeah. I mean, he deserves a ring. He really does. And so I, I would honestly feel bad if he lost, but yeah. I would feel so I good. Would, I wouldn't honest. feel bad. Yeah, who who is more to lose in this in these finals? I these are the hard hitting questions. My goodness, um, who has more to lose? Is it Horn has more more to lose, or who has more to gain? Because I think it's more to lose. Because with Chris Paul, I mean, he's already going to be like a Hall of Fame point guard, but if he wins a title. Is he top five? Then he becomes even – then he becomes like an immortal. And I know he kind of is sort of in that category a little bit. Yeah, but, but there's always that – they never – he never got that ring. Right, and that's – and John Stockton is an immortal, but he always has – sure, whenever you, sure whenever he you, No, he is, but when you bring him up, you always have to mention he never won a title. He got uh, carried by Carl Malone. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um. Who has more to lose? I um, think Milwaukee does. Yeah, yeah. In my in so. my head, they're the more established team. Like they've been in, they've been a contender for three years now. Yeah. Well, and as soon as LeBron and Durant got knocked out, it was like, well, Giannis, you better go win it. Right. Definitely. So, um, and then Phoenix has Phoenix in my eyes has nothing to lose, even if Chris Paul doesn't win this. This is the first time he made it. Like this yeah, is an immense achievement just alone that he made it. I swear, was it just me or did it seem like every conversation on ESPN was always like, no, the Suns are going to lose. Like they're not favored in this series. I swear oh. it was I swear it was like it was like there were so many times when I was listening to ESPN like just radio and people mm-hmm. were talking about like you know, oh, the Clippers are going to win this series. Like, don't mm-hmm. don't worry, they're going to come back. Or, uh, like it's it would the, the conversation always seemed to be about what the other team was doing and not how well like Phoenix was playing. And there, I was always sitting there like, I mean, have you ever thought that maybe Phoenix is just like good, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why they're winning? Um, because it always it just always seemed like nobody was giving Phoenix enough credit throughout the playoffs. At least to me, that's what it seemed like. Um, and... I mean, I, I can admit that I, I think if we, if we took clips like snippets from uh, when we were previewing the first round, I think I was most sure that the Lakers were going to beat Phoenix in the first round, probably more than anything. Right. And then, Phoenix ended up pretty much dominating an injured LA team, but really yeah. that LA team didn't look good. And that's a testament to how good Phoenix was playing. Yeah. And then in the Denver series, I think I picked Denver to beat them just mm-hmm. because of how 
well Jokic was playing. And it seemed like he was just dominating. They had beaten – who did they beat? They beat Portland? Yeah, they beat Portland, who I thought yeah. Portland's a great, a good team, and Denver sort of handled them really well. Like, they should beat this Phoenix team. And the fact that Denver made it to the Western Conference Finals the year before, um, I guess I didn't take into account how much that Jamal Murray loss was, but he really wasn't playing well this year anyway. So I, it almost seemed like they had negated that loss, really. So then they, they beat Denver. They go into the Clippers. I think it was easy to see that they were going to beat the Clippers. But well, I think that's me, more because Kawhi was out. Yeah, let me ask you. If the Clippers were at full strength, do you think the Suns still win? Oh, I would have I would have picked Phoenix. I mean, I would have picked LA. Yeah. I would have picked – if Kawhi was healthy, I would have picked – and I don't think they would have beat them because the Clippers weren't playing well when they were No, they weren't. Healthy. And the Suns were rolling. The Suns were playing – they were do- – they – it's like they didn't even break a sweat in these no. in these series. No. And it, I mean, they, never, they, it never looked like they were scared to lose a series. It, it always never got like past the game control. six mm-hmm. for any of them. And that is so it, such a testament to such a surprise. I mean, they've shocked me with how well they've played. Yes, have they gotten lucky? Of course. But what team hasn't gotten lucky and brought to an NBA Finals? Right. Like, it happens every year. Was it a little more frequent this year? And I really hope if Phoenix wins, it was. It's not like, oh well, who did they even play? I mean, they're gonna have to beat a great Milwaukee team. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like that would that would I, for me like I feel like that would. And I I wasn't somebody who was sitting back and going, you know, like this championship will be tainted if they win because they had to beat Milwaukee, and Milwaukee is at full strength right now too, playing against mm-hmm. a steamrolling Giannis. Um, so, well, I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, we'll get, uh, we'll get game one on Wednesday. What, um, so you one, said, sorry, game four on Wednesday. So you're going to go with Milwaukee? Um, who are you? Are you going with Phoenix? I'm going to go Phoenix in six. Should I pick? You can pick whoever you? you want. Should I just it's pick gonna, is it gonna, so It's going to end before we record, right? Ooh. Ooh. Game six will be Tuesday, July twentieth. So if we film oh, on that huge. Monday, if we film on that Monday, but I think we have to. It's Wednesday, right? Well, okay. So game four. Oh no, I'm, when... I'm dumb. I'm dumb. You're, you're yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. So game four is Wednesday the fourteenth. Saturday, July seventeenth is the fifth game and game six is Tuesday, July twentieth. So we'll so film I, on Monday and then we'll I we'll, leave we'll, the I leave the nineteenth, so we might have to record on Sunday. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. Um so yeah, I mean we'll film before game six and see where it's at. But you know what? You're you're picking Phoenix and in my head I would pick Phoenix, but I'll pick with my heart and I'll go Milwaukee. Um just because I'm gonna be opposite of of you and um just purely for that fact and I do want to see Milwaukee win I really do I think it would be a lot of fun to see to see the Bucks win and have Giannis get uh, a title so I'm I really don't I kind of don't want to see that because I don't want I do I really don't want this is going to sound like kind of I don't even know what this is going to sound like I don't want to I don't want the perception of Giannis being lifted 
into the pantheons of Michael Jordan's, Kevin Durant's, LeBron's, Kobe's, Tim Duncan's. Like in my eye, in my eyes, even if he wins, he doesn't really deserve to be mentioned with those players. I don't think he's there yet. Yeah, I don't think he's I, there. Yet. That's gonna be the thing. Oh my gosh, Giannis just won in his seventh year, and he's two MVPs and a defense player of the year and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I really like, we've questioned everything Giannis has earned so far in his career. And I think this is just another thing that's going to be questioned. Like just, it's, it's kind of two faced to me, but like Phoenix deserves this championship if they win, but like if Milwaukee wins, it's like, yeah, but like you didn't play a full, full Brooklyn. You didn't even get to play Philadelphia. Like, uh, you didn't get, you didn't have to play the Lakers in the finals. You didn't play the Clippers in the finals. Like, and I think that just goes down to Milwaukee has been a better team. Like they've been a more established team. So we hold them to a. In my head, I hold them to a little higher standard. Like they have a two-time MVP on their team. Right. This is the first time they're making the finals, and it might be the one time that they win, but it's maybe the easiest. Like, has LeBron ever had a finals run this easy? I guess right. you could go to last year, but that's in his 15th season. And these these other greats, I don't think have ever had it this easy if they were to win. Right. right. And that's sort of in my head, but, like, it's going to be this thing of, oh, my gosh, he's – He's only Michael Jordan, and uh, probably only Michael Jordan has ever won two MVPs in a row and a defensive player of the year and finals MVP all in before they're 27 or whatever. And it's like, does he really deserve to be there? It's sort of this hard thing that I can't – and it's really not his fault. Does he even give a shit if, if I can't wrap my head around that? But I don't think I could ever wrap my head around that, that he'll, he'll ever be in my head that level of a player. Right. Like, is, he a, is he a top five player to you? In the league? Yeah. Um, so what? We have Durant, LeBron. Steph, um, Kawhi. Kawhi. And maybe Luka. Yeah. Um, but... I don't know. Giannis get Giannis is at such a two. For me, it's such a. For me, it's very specific because part of the thing that I take into account when I'm picking best players is defense as well. I, I for me, I love well-rounded basketball players, and Luca is a liability on defense. So part of me would just lean towards Giannis because it's one of those things where it's like you know I, I understand having Luca on the team would be phenomenal, but you know I also want somebody who's going to shut down somebody on defense as well. And that's just because that's the way I like basketball. So, I mean, that's a personal preference. But I think a lot of people – I think if you're talking about the masses, I think a lot of people put probably put Luka. Like, if I'm I'm the media, I think the media is going to go LeBron, Durant. I'm not even sure the media would put Kawhi in that conversation. But they – I don't know if he would. I don't know if he'd make it either. I and see, I would put him in there for sure, but um, I think he'd I be think, number five for me. Yeah, I think the locks would be Steph, LeBron, Durant, 
and I think Giannis. for most people it would be Luca, and then I no, think it'd be it'd be Giannis. Well, I mean, in that conversation, yeah, yeah, I mean, he'd be there. I think he'd be there for most. He people. did. He, he won two MVPs, so people must have thought he was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I case. I think he'd I think he'd be there for most people, and I think he'd be there for me too. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it's going to be it'll be interesting because I think the legacy of Chris Paul and the legacy of of Giannis will be. It's going to be interesting to see what everybody says when one of them wins. Because it'll do so much for both of them. Is it a choke job if Giannis in Milwaukee doesn't win? It's a choke job. Um, If they lose lose in five. I think – no, because I think that's discrediting how good Phoenix has been. Okay. I think they just run into – because I think if – I genuinely, I think that discredits how good Phoenix has been playing. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I, which again, I know that you were just presenting a hypothetical question, but I think it's again that's something that the media has been doing too. They're just underselling the Suns. Yeah, um, and the Suns have been to, really I think good. that goes to really that idea. Do you, so when you look at these two teams, what would be like the first? What would be a word that you would describe for for Phoenix this year? What's one word that just jumps out at you? Surprise. That's exact. That's the perception with them. This is like a pleasant surprise of a team. We didn't expect them to be here, but Milwaukee, they've been contenders. They've been title in the title favorites, like top five of the title favorites for years now. But again, I mean, part of the reason why is I think it's a surprise is not because of because I think if if you're asking me from the beginning of the season if I thought Phoenix was going to be in the finals, I would have said no. So it's a surprise that they're here. But if you right. would have asked me at the end of the season, heading told, into the playoffs. told you how it happened? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, if you'd have asked me at the beginning of the playoffs, would you be surprised if Phoenix made it to the finals? That wouldn't have surprised me at all. So, but I, at the beginning of the season, I would have said, yeah, absolutely. That's that, that would absolutely surprise me if they made it to the finals. But yeah, again, at the beginning of the playoffs, no. No, that wouldn't surprise me in the least. So, um, and it's because of how dominant they were in the regular season. And then just looking at their body of work in the playoffs, they've been mowing people down. Um, so, no, I don't think it becomes a choke job for the Bucks. I think it just becomes they ran into a very good Phoenix team who was just – they were just better. I don't think that's how it's going to be presented. If I don't think it's going to be presented that way either. But in my opinion, I think that's I think that's accurate. I don't I don't think everyone else or I. You know what I will say? I was going to say I don't think every like people in the media or people on Twitter or anything are as rational a thinker as that or as level headed. But honestly, I think that doesn't grab as much attention. That headline doesn't the. Oh, Milwaukee down by a great Phoenix team isn't as attention grabbing as Milwaukee chokes Giannis, uh, flames out or uh, like disappoints in finals debut. Like that catches a little more. And I think that's why that that perception might be a little driven. Right. Which it's totally unwarranted. I mean, Giannis has played unbelievably in these finals. I don't think you can accuse him of cho- like that. The fact that they lost game two, what was Giannis supposed to do? 
maybe make a little more free throws, maybe. But, like, the man played his heart out. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, time will, time will tell. And that time will be less than a week. We will know in really in, in less than a week whether or not this is going to um, head to game seven or if it'll be called in game six. So, so we better we better hope it's not. Would we want the series to be over when we record? I kind of would no. want to preview game six. Yeah, no, I want to preview game six for sure. Hmm. For sure, for sure. Um, but uh, we're, I mean, we're kind of getting close to our time uh, limit here. I wanted to squeak yeah. in. Uh, do you want me to squeak in the movie review real quick? Sure. Okay. Um, quick. Yeah, quick. quick. So, saw Black Widow um, yesterday, actually. First Marvel film to be released in two years. It was really nice to be to, to watch a Marvel film in theaters. It was a lot was of fun. Was it a full theater? Uh, it wasn't a full theater, no. They were still doing, like, COVID seat restrictions and stuff. But uh, it was as full as I think the theater could have been. That's going to be a weird feeling to go back. Was it, was it, I'm assuming no one was wearing a mask or anything. No, nobody was wearing a mask. But yeah, sitting yeah. next to somebody you don't know being like in a seat next to you, yeah, that'll be interesting. Well, imagine like a full, like every seat filled. Right. At right, a movie right. theater. That'd be so. I went to, I guess I'm just going to totally interrupt your story, but <laughs> I went to a Giants game on two weekends ago. When we, it was when they played the A's. Completely sold out. No one's wearing a mask. Like it felt like, whoa, COVID just was not a thing. Right. It's so weird that we're now getting out of that. Like what was 2020? Yeah, it, it, we're like totally moving. It was. It just felt so like we and I hadn't seen crowds like that. I hadn't seen that many amount of people grouped up, especially not wearing masks. It's weird going into the like grocery store. And seeing people not wearing masks. It's so weird because it just hasn't been that way in so long, it feels like. Yeah, no, it's it is uh it is really interesting to to walk around and, and not be seeing people with masks, but um but hey, I mean it's a it's a good it's a positive thing. I mean we're moving we're moving forward, so um but anyway, so yeah, saw Saw Black Widow, first Marvel movie. It's it's had the biggest domestic opening since the rise of Skywalker back in 2019. Um, so that tells you how how well it's been how well the it's been doing. Skywalker, what a which was yeah. So Bree and I actually got through finally got through all of the Star Wars movies, and I we watched that movie again. And the I I it was only the second time I watched it, and the first half of the movie I didn't actually hate the movie as much as I remembered hating it the first half of the movie is actually pretty good but it's the second half of the movie when you get into the palpatine stuff yeah it's the second half of the movie where i was like this just completely ruins it just 100 percent. like it it was building really well Mm -hmm. and then it just totally lost me and i was like okay because i remember look i i looked at brian was like man i don't really remember why i hated it as much as i did and then we hit a certain point, and I was like, "Oh nope, yeah." And then it was just one thing after another that I was like, "This just, it just ruined it." It tried to do way too many things, but um, anyway, yeah. So I think for me, when it comes to Marvel movies, Marvel has set such a high bar for their movies that 
I feel like eventually you're going to have movies that are just going to fall a little bit short of that. And for me, this just felt a little bit short of that. Um, and I think the reason why is without giving any spoilers away. Um, it's a female lead. Oh, wait, sorry. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's a joke. Um, That's a joke. It's a joke, everybody. That was a joke. <laughs> take, that, um, take that within context. Yeah. Um, Dude, imagine if I, you actually like legit said that you're like, you know what? I just didn't like how it was a, it was a woman leading right. mostly on screen. It was well, just two. really two. threw me off. Two women, actually. <laughs> and that's something that I'll, I'll mention here in a minute. But um, Black Widow sort of falls into the category of – of, and see, I, I thought that this movie was going to be more Winter, Winter Soldier-esque yeah, in, right. the sense that, in the sense Gr- that it was going to be – action. Right. But there were just a couple action scenes where I was like, this feels way too big and way too, quote unquote, unrealistic for a Black Mm -hmm. Widow movie because she sort of falls into the category of Batman in the sense that because she has no superpowers, what Mm -hmm. she's doing actually has to be believable, really. Right. Um, And there were some there were some points and just some like there's car crashes everywhere and explosions like that. The movie is pretty much nonstop action from 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 beginning to end um which is which is cool and the action in the movie is top notch i have no complaint about the action other than the fact that it felt at times way too unrealistic like a little i know fast and furiousy yeah like exactly like i know that black widow is a beast and all but there were just so many times where i was like she should be dead or at least she, uh, really or at least significantly injured and she's just walking away like everything's fine. She uh she head scissor anyone? Oh yeah, plenty. plenty. Oh good. Oh. Plenty. That's a signature um, move. <laughs> so I'd say I'd say that's my biggest complaint of the movie is that there were it just it felt too big. Like Winter Soldier having Captain America and Bucky two like legit superheroes Felt like a smaller oh, so Widow ain't legit. No, no, no. But I mean, like, <laughs> like you know, you know, superheroes I'm trying have to get. Powers. I'm trying to get you canceled, right? <laughs> superheroes <laughs> who have powers. So not um, Hawkeye. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, they uh, that movie actually felt smaller than yeah. this movie. Like this yeah. movie felt bigger um, with the action and stuff. Like it was. So I was like. Ah, that's not what this movie needed to be like this movie needed to be like small scale in that sense because i think it would have made it a lot better um mm-hmm. and then i'm i'm looking on uh i'm looking on my favorite movie website right now and i'll just this is giving away what i was going to say um it says uh the title of the article is the 10 best uh yelena lines because florence Pugh was the best part of the black widow movie and she was um and it's funny because for it being a Black Widow movie, um, Yelena is a – it is a – the movie is definitely a Black Widow movie, but it is also 100% a introduction to her being in the MCU. Um, she take over as Black Widow or something? Um, well, I don't want to give anything away for anybody who hasn't seen the movie. Because um, obviously but... – so how do they – how do they um, – cause when, so when does this take place? This takes place right after Civil War. So it literally picks up as, like, the opening scene in the movie. Like, remember General Ross? Mm-hmm. He's, like, after Black Widow. That's how the movie opens. That makes sense. Because she helped um, uh, Captain America escape and stuff. Yeah, so it, take, it takes place right after 
Civil War and before Infinity War. Um, okay. So, <clears throat> yeah, but and I I like Florence Pugh. I've always liked her as an actress, um, and she's been like my celebrity crush for a very long time. Um, hey, you just but, put that out there. You just volunteered that information to be put on the web. Hey, you know, I'm I'm not ashamed of that. Um, but uh, regardless of that, even even putting that aside, I just think she's a great actress. Um, and she she for me was one hundred percent the best part of the movie. Um, and it wasn't even close. Like every every scene that she was in, she completely completely stole the scene. Um, she was like the heart of the movie. Is which is weird to say because it wasn't a Black Widow movie. Um, uh, Taskmaster was cool when uh, Taskmaster Taskmaster fought, but. Also, a villain that really got very little development. <laughs> um, oh, Marvel's to, good at that. Yeah, um, but the act. So yeah, just quickly, like the action was uh, was fun. Um, very at times unrealistic, um, and it felt way too big for me. It felt too big to be a, a Black Widow movie. Um, but they mm-hmm. added some great characters, like the Red Guardian. David uh, Harbour's character was awesome. <laughs> Um, Florence Pugh as Yelena is a great addition to the MCU again best part of the movie but for me it was it's just kind of falling in that sort of like I guess B tier Marvel movie for me so what would you what's a film that you like what are a couple of films that you would probably it's in that ballpark of so it's for me it's and uh, and I think uh, where what movie so it's better than Captain Marvel so how many how many films are there? There's twenty five now. Is there more? Uh, something like that. There's a ton. Uh, twenty two Marvel movies. It looks like before this. Maybe I'm on a website right now. I don't know when this was released. Twenty two. When was this released? This was released March fifth, twenty twenty. So there hadn't been any out. So 22 and then... Um, 24. 24? Okay. Mm-hmm. So where would you, you probably put this ballpark-wise? Um, obviously, obviously, the Thors are probably at the bottom. And... Right. So I... So in terms of the recent ones, I think it's better than Captain Marvel. Um, okay. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Um, better than Doctor Strange. Okay. Ooh, actually, I'd have to rewatch Doctor Strange. Is it I'd better than re-watch... the first Cap? No, no, Ooh. I don't think so. I hold, I hold that first Captain America film pretty high. Um, I think it's better than. I think it's. It might be better than it's definitely better than Ant Man and the Wasp. Okay. Um, I honestly couldn't tell you what happened to Ant Man and the Wasp. Right, better than Iron Man two, better than the first Thor. Um, so is it like Thor, it's the middle Dark of the pack? World. Yeah, I think I honestly I think it's right sort of in the middle. Like I, because there are there are things about it that I disliked, but if you if you go into the movie knowing that there's going to be some over the top action, like Scarlett Johansson's awesome. 
David Harborough's character. Like, I have more positive things to say about the movie um, than negative. But when you compare it to the pantheon of the Marvel movies that have been made, it just wouldn't be super high on the list. But that's just that's not necessarily a knock on the movie itself. No, it's that's not. just more praising the other movies in that sense. And I think that's why it wouldn't be super high on my list. Not because there's any like major flaws with the movie, but I mean, when you're talking about like the first Guardians or like Winter Soldier or the Avengers, like it's just it's not it's not that. Um, but there's really not a ton that I have to say that was like bad about the movie. Um, there are way more positive things that I have to say about it. Um, but just because Marvel has put out such great movies, I just can't. I wouldn't put it in like any top ten, any top ten movie for uh, list for me of, of Marvel. Okay. So, but that's not that's not a knock on Black Widow. That's just praising the other movies. So, yeah. I mean, is it average... worth the watch? One hundred percent. Oh, good. That's good to know. One hundred percent. And if you're gonna go see it, see it in the theaters because it's just nice to see a Marvel movie in theaters again. So, and it sets up actually. So there is an end credit scene, and it sets up um, one of the upcoming uh, TV shows. So. Ooh. So. TV? Do we see? Oh, Hawkeye! Hawkeye show. Yeah, yeah. Because Yelena, Yelena is confirmed for Hawkeye. Um, That's sick. So it sets up. Uh, it sets up Hawkeye. So stay for the end credit scene. Stay well, for the end Jason, scene. thank you so much for that discussion. Well, of course. And so, then, so uh, Marvel's kind of killing this whole thing. I don't think we ever got. We never got to talk about Captain America or uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I don't think we ever... No, and you know what? Um, if we're going to be filming early next week, we can do like a like a half and half kind of show. And we yeah. can talk about the TV shows and we can talk about Loki because Loki will, I think, be over by then. Um, How many episodes is it? I think there's only one more. <laughs> no way! Uh, yeah. Let me Let me double check. Um. Uh, yeah, six episodes. There's only one more. I'm sad. <laughs> I know because it's been so good. So by the time, yeah. So by the time uh we get to uh our 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 next show, uh that'll be over. So we can talk a little bit about sports, and then we can talk about some movies and some TV shows and stuff. Because um, yeah. we definitely do need to talk about Loki, and we never really talked about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so we are a movie show and TV show as well, just not as much. So, just not as much. So, all right. Well, dude, I had fun. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, I'm glad we got the rust off, and glad we got to fit this into our busy schedules. Absolutely, and then we'll hit the ground running on Sunday. You guys will hear it uh, next Tuesday, but of course, you'll have this episode. Um, to look forward to as oh, well. Yeah. So, Should it be next Tuesday? Yeah, we can put it out next Tuesday. Or Monday. We'll see. We'll play it by ear. But, uh, yeah, glad to be back. We're getting closer and closer to episode 100 for the show. Big milestone there. And we're getting closer and closer to 5,000 listens for the show. So another big milestone. So we'll be hitting both of those very shortly. So, um. We hope you all have a uh, a wonderful week again. Sorry for the delay. Life happens, but we're back. And uh, yeah, just 
Have a great week. Stay safe, and we will see you all uh, in just a couple days. Jason, I missed your voice. Thanks, everyone. (laughs) See ya.